Allie. Hey, Julie. Welcome to the Rise for Educators podcast, the podcast with these tools that relate to empowerment, self-care, and all things education. Each week, we discuss the RISE system, a model we created to make it easy to identify which self-care tools are best for you. We also talk about the ladder, a tool that connects the dots between your mind and your body. I'm Julie. And I'm Holly. We are instructional coaches and sisters-in-law who decided to take our conversations about these ideas out of the corner of our family gatherings and put them into a podcast. Welcome to episode 48. Our topics for today are the power of weak social ties, cultivating weak ties, and an interview with Melissa Hayes, a second grade teacher from Ohio. How are you doing, Hal? It's spring break. Woohoo! I know. How are I you? Um, well, it's Friday of spring break and I'm feeling great. Yeah. I'm feeling great. Yeah. I'm looking forward to a little bit of a break. Um, I think our we just had kind of talked about our check-in a little bit is that we had we presented our rise system and it was awesome. It was, it was so fun. Yeah. So Holly and I presented um our rise system to a school district in Pennsylvania. Um for a group of, I believe, mainly like early childhood educators. And it was the first time we had actually kind of put everything from the podcast in a nutshell and presented it. And it went really well. And the, the coolest thing is, as much as I love podcasting, because I do enjoy it, um, the hard part is you don't get feedback yes. as much. Yeah. And so I really enjoyed, we got some real-time feedback um, and it was a lot of fun. So um, yeah, I think that's something, um, I think we should put our show on the road, huh? Right. <laughs> Here we go. We'll Take go our show on the, the antique road, road show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was good. I thought it was good. And I, I, I think it was like, you know, we go through all this, these episodes and all these tools, but then to actually, I think, and that's why it's nice to like, you know, do something a little different with the tools. And actually, even though we were on zoom, I could actually see some of the teacher's faces when they were doing, um, when we, the stopwatch drumming. Right. And I could see them like jotting down when we were doing the, like, um, the thought model and the changing your thoughts, the Brooke Castillo and the Byron Katie stuff. And that was so satisfying. And then at the end when people were like, Oh, this was great. And, um, they wish they had more. It was just like, Oh, these tools are really, um, kind of helpful. And then, um, right. As soon as we were done giving the presentation, I actually got a message on the WhatsApp app, which I just joined, um, with Wallace from school rubric. And this, so Wallace is a co-founder of school rubric and was kind of like weird. Like as soon as we get done presenting, he sends me a message. Hey, um, you know, how are you and Holly doing with a podcast? And I sent him our presentation and he made a comment that I thought was really interesting. Did you see that, Hal? Yeah, I did about the assessment. It was like, Mm -hmm. yeah. And just that like, this is like kind of like SEL, this kind of like broader view of SEL and that, um, and having like in our assessment tools and that he thought it was really interesting. And then that was just like, okay, cool. And um, I think we've taken a lot of our content and now a lot of it is starting to really uh, fall into kind of a system. And I know Holly, you're just so good. You've designed all those assessment tools and I think it's just a great system. So I feel really proud of it and it was great to put it all together. Yeah. And I, you know, I think what I agree, the feedback during the uh, workshop was awesome. 
Um, the participants, I think my favorite part was like how supportive the participants were, not only of us, but of each other. Like, it just was like mm-hmm. a really um, great vibe in the room. And I think the comments yeah. uh, really are, are such a credit to those teachers at that school. I mean, we felt great about it afterward. Um, and it really is kudos to those teachers that were really invested. They, they you know, our uh, session was designed to be interactive. And I think teachers really, you know, took that at heart and, you know, did the mm-hmm. different activities that we did. So yeah, it was, it was a great experience. I almost felt like I was skipping afterward. Um, I'm missing that. You're right. I've missed that, that feedback piece. So that's been really great. Yeah. Okay. So um, what is your, do you have more of a check-in house or didn't you do that? No, I'm just going to (laughs) say that I'm I'm currently out in my car taping my podcast because there are other people in my house (laughs) that are loud. So this is a new, so, so if the quality isn't great, that is why. You're sitting in your car while the men in your life are enjoying March yes. Madness. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so today we are exploring how RISE looks in action. Um, we had the pleasure to speak with Melissa Hayes, um, who we connected with through our friend Barbara Gruner. And Melissa has met had met Barbara online, and then Bar- we connected with Barbara on Twitter. And she said, hey, you should interview um, these people. And Melissa was one of them. Um, and it was great. Yeah. And I think like you and I, we always say like, we can, there, you can learn something from every person you talk to. And I was blown away by some of the STEM stuff that Melissa talked about and the technology tools that she's using in her classroom. Um, so, you know, we're talking about weak ties today, uh, mostly because after Melissa's interview, I I finished that interview and I was like, oh my gosh, like she really does such a great job of extending her connection circle. So that's like the S tool in Rise is making Mm -hmm. these social connections and she capitalizes on her social connections. Um, So like, as you're listening to the interview at the end, that's something to kind of tune into is like how many social connections she meets she makes and then at the end how she talks about you know those social connections and what they do for her as a form of self-care um i think at the end she talks about how twitter is a form of self-care for her and i thought that was really insightful on her part to say like yeah these social connections are what lift me are something that like lift me up right hmm okay so we're talking about weak ties so what are what do we talk, what do we mean when we say weak ties so weak ties are those people that you run into like maybe the person that you bump into at Starbucks or who the um, the person who works at Starbucks when you get your coffee that you say hello to or maybe the person at the post office or maybe um, a colleague that you're not super close with but you might see them in the parking lot or in the hallway um, at work So they're not people that you would text and call on a regular basis, but they're people that you see every day and, you know, you say hello to. Those are kind of what we're referring to um, when we're talking about weak ties. So in a study about social connections out of the University of Kansas, it talked about different layers of friendship and how much time they required. So to go, um, according to the study, to go from being an acquaintance to a casual friend, it takes about 50 hours. To go from a casual friend to a friend, it takes about spending about 90 hours with that person. And to go from friend to best friend, it takes nearly 200 hours. And on average, 
we have four to six close ties and everyone else we consider more of a weak tie. Yes. So four to six people are close ties and everyone else is more of a weak tie. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of times when we're talking about social connections, um, like I think we had mentioned that study uh, about like layers of friendship in that friendship triangle episode we had done. But in mm-hmm. that, that episode, we were kind of talking about like how to cultivate these close ties, how to these deeper relationships. Yeah. Um, so this really taught that what we're really focusing on today is it's not just your deep relationships that make you feel connected. It's also your extended relationships, you know, so your social web goes wider than just that center. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, we were talking a little bit before, like, okay, so how does this work with the latter? Because sometimes your connection, like with people that you would think like, oh, they might seem less safe because they're less close to you. Um, but Julie, why do you think, why do you think these, these weak ties actually help to elevate us? I think weak ties, just people that you see every day, but maybe are not in your close-knit circle, I think that they just give us a sense of human community and connection. And I think that automatically brings you up the ladder when you are at the coffee shop or when you're going for a walk in your neighborhood and you pass somebody and you say hello, or you're at the grocery store and you see other people. I think it just gives us a kind of a more general sense of safety. We're all in this together and we're all connected in that community feel which we lost during the pandemic. You might've been really close with your family um, and had your little bubble, but we really lost um, that sense of that larger sense of community. So I think the weak ties can bring you up the ladder because it just makes you feel more human. Yeah. I was also thinking, I think that that, that's so true. Um, It just, it does extend your tribe or extend your community. If we're thinking about like, you know, ancient human times, that tribe idea. Yeah, I, I was also sort of thinking that, you know, people that you see, like I see the, these gals at the Jewel every morning before I go to school almost, and they're the same ca- couple of cashiers. So Wait, you go to the guys. Jewel before school? Always. <laughs> I usually stop something. I know. It's just kind of part of my routine. Um, but that is funny. How do you the Jewel? You, that's hilarious. I'm well, sorry. Yeah. And okay, what's funny you about don't know about me, Julie? And if anyone, if people aren't listening, if people are listening, they're not from the Chicago area. But the funny thing about Chicago is, like other grocery stores, like we would say, like Albertsons or Target yes. or uh, Win Dixie. But Jewel <laughs> in Chicago, people call the Jewel. The Jewel. So, and this just kind of so when you just said that, that just cracked me up. <laughs> so anyway, I, that's interesting that you were at the Jewel because I just, it, it's a joke in my house because Jeff, my husband, shops at the Jewel and I shop at Mariano's. And I'm like, why do you always go to the Jewel? But now, okay, Holly, that's I nice also thing. go to the Jewel. Yeah. Interesting. Every okay. morning, almost okay. every morning. Um, but these couple of, gosh, they're just such lovely ladies. And you know what? I, they do elevate my spirit. They are my weak ties. They do elevate my spirits. And I think part of that is with your weak ties, you don't have any um, responsibilities to them. <laughs> you know, yeah. like uh, yeah. you can just right, right. be pleasant and nice and they can be pleasant and nice. And it's like a simple, easy surface way that you elevate your connection without any like messy, deeper ties. Um, yeah. maybe maybe that's you know part of it but anyway you know I think weak ties uh there was a Stanford study that was done in 1973 and they also looked at how influential weak ties could be um and they said weak weak ties are 
the reason they are really important is that's how we usually acquire new information that helps Mm -hmm. us evolve. Um, And I think that makes sense because otherwise you're just kind of like swimming in this same pool of information with the four to six people that you're closest with. Um, You know, I know people have talked about like being in an echo chamber, you know, with like, oh, do you just hang out with the people that have your same point of view? Um, But these weak ties are ways that you can kind of, uh, I think, extend that. And actually, Melissa talks about that a little bit in her interview. That's Um, interesting. I think there's like different levels of weak ties, because I think you've got your close people, then you have people that you, you know, if you just stick with your same group, right, you're going to have the same ideas, the same connections. um, But expanding that to weak ties. But then I think like the person at like who works at the jewel, that's a weaker tie. <laughs> oh, for sure. But, yeah, like so I think, tie. Right, right. yeah. So I think it's like well, consistent. I do see them all the time, but yes, right, yeah, right. For sure. Right, um, but- and you know what, it's not only like, you know, us in our daily lives, but uh, people who study groups and organizations have realized this power of weak connections or weak ties also. Um, so companies have, taken that into consideration and they sometimes intentionally design their spaces so people will be more likely to make these weak tie connections which i think is super savvy um this the pixar building that was designed or overseen by steve jobs that's this is what he had in mind the building has this large central hallway that all the bill the employees have to pass through several times every day to get like from one place to another. And um, they said this was done really intentionally because jobs wanted to his, the colleagues to like bump into each other, grab a coffee, shoot the breeze. And he really believes in this power of um, kind of like seemingly random conversations. And he thinks that this kind of, or he thought this kind of like fires would fire up people's creativity. And now they're all pumping into plexiglass. <laughs> yes. <laughs> True. <laughs> oh. through plastic. Um, right. But- <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah. I totally agree, though. I do. I really agree in that creativity. It's like the person when, like, when I go at work to go make my K-cup coffee, you never know who's going to be in the lounge, who you're just going to kind of bump into that I would not have um, maybe intentionally reached out to that day and you never know what conversation that's going to spark up. So I think that is so important, which makes me just, um, wanting everyone to get back to, you know, some sort of normalcy and work so that we can have those random conversations to, you know, kind of expand our bubble and fire up our creativity. We do not need to wait for this pandemic to end to create an environment, which we have access to those weak ties. We can be intentional about expanding this on our own. So this is our interview with Melissa Hayes. We were so grateful to talk with her. She not only shares awesome tech tools, but she's a master at cultivating these extended ties to people all around the world. She shares this joy with her students by bringing her weak tie connections into her classroom with technology. Oh, tell us about yourself. Um, well, I'm a second grade teacher and I've taught, this is my 24th year. And I'm fully virtual this year, no matter what happens. I haven't been in the classroom since March of 2020. How has the virtual piece been going for you? You know, in the beginning, I was very nervous because I'm very creative outside the box. I love, I'm just a big kid. 
<laughs> and for me, it was trying to have the mindset of how in the world am I going to do this virtual? How in the world am I going to uh, be equitable for my kids? How, like, how's this going to go? And I can honestly say it's been the best experience. So, wow. Yeah. Okay. So what is working? What is making it the best experience? Well, I think I can honestly say I've pretty much done 90% of what I would have done in the classroom. I do monthly drop-offs and I drop off stuff to my kids. They get a free book every month. They get STEM items to do our STEM. So I create STEM projects for my, uh, for all the second grade classes. We have 10 classes of second oh grade in our virtual online. So I create the stems each week because it's so powerful for my, our creative kids. They need to tap into that even if they've never done it before. Um, so I drop off stem items. So I make sure whatever stem we're doing, they have ample supply. Um, and we talk about supplies that they might have at home that don't even realize. So what kind yeah. of things are you dropping off then? Well, I have anything from straws to Q-tips to string to tape, ribbon. Uh, I cut up cardboard from pizza boxes that we eat. Um, I cut up cereal boxes. Um, I just worry that some kids might not have what other kids do. Mm -hmm. So that way everyone has pretty much the same thing, but they can use other things in their house. Mm -hmm. That okay. way I include everybody. But um, yeah, so I dropped that off. My kids mystery Zoom. Okay. Lots all over the world. So I have lots of fr okay. educated friends that, and our goal is always to um, Zoom with every state in the U.S. and we usually do it. And we are, I think we've got two, four, six, eight, ten, probably about 15 states left to go. Oh my God. So tell us how like a mystery Zoom would go. So my kids have, I input maps on this app. What is the app called? It's called Class Kick. So when the mystery guest comes on, obviously I know them. So we chit chat and they introduce themselves. And then I say, we're ready for some clues. You can go ahead. And they give the kids clues. Like for example, my states, I'm in the United States. So that would be the first clue to use the first few maps. The maps can range from mountain ranges to capitals to one that has a compass row. So there's multiple US maps. And then if they're international, I pick a map at the very end. So if they say I'm not in the US, they automatically go to that map because the world map is just way too cumbersome for a second grader. Yeah. And then they give clues, they get off camera on the Zoom, they mark things off, they come back, and they're like this half the time because they already know within three clues. <laughs> so, so right now you guys can't see Melissa, but she's raising her hand and shows that <laughs> engagement. Um, I noticed that on your Twitter profile, you had something called uh, Skype Snaps. Can you tell us what that is? So um, Skype Snaps, which are Zoom Snaps now because we can't Skype, so we Zoom. Um, basically what we do is when we zoom with our mystery guests from whatever state or country that they're from, the kids kind of take notes and I kind of take notes and pictures. And then I call on a student who wants to do a zoom snap. They use the app pick collage and they just, of the information that they said about their state, for example, if we, um, uh, mystery zoomed with Ohio, which we would anyway, um, we're famous for Buckeyes, so they would 
Google Buckeyes, get a picture and put that on the pic collage. So the Zoom snap is basically pictures of information that they learned about that state or country. And then they add the picture of our guest. And I put those on a wakelet and we have that at our fingertips. So if the kids say, oh, I love mystery zooming with that guy from Malaysia, which is Dr. Harvey. Um, I can't remember anything about Malaysia. They can go to that wakelet and find all the information because of someone's Zoom snap that did it. Very what cool. a cool way, I think, to kind of like capture that experience for them and help them put it all together. That's awesome. Yeah, they love it. Another thing, Melissa, that I noticed on, on Twitter is that you participate in some of the Twitter chats. Can you tell us about that? Um, I think I started a few years ago on the Twitter chats, and I think I was just a lurker. <laughs> I would just get on and maybe say, answer one question or two. Um, but I love the Twitter chats because it opens the door to meet other people. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't look at Twitter as meeting like-minded people necessarily, because a lot of my friends maybe don't think the same as me. And I think that expands my horizons because now I'm seeing the world through a different lens. Mm -hmm. So I feel like a better person because they're teaching me so much more than what I would have learned on my own. So I love Twitter in that aspect. I've met so many amazing people. Um, that I consider family, that I feel like I've known for years, and we've never even met. Um, but Twitter has been the most amazing hub. Now is Voxer, and now I do Clubhouse. So it's just crazy. Oh okay, so how if someone wants to get started on Twitter chats, um, Holly and I, we, we're not even lurkers yet, actually. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're like, oh, what do you think about this? I don't know. So what, how do you get started with the Twitter chat? Well, normally there's some people that chime in and just say a bunch of chats. Formative chat is really good. Rochelle um, Dimpoth does the formative chat. I think I botched her name, but Rochelle <laughs> does the formative chat. Um, I think, I don't know if it's Wednesdays or Thursdays. Uh, Chant for Kids is on Tuesdays. Some people have that and they post it on Twitter and say, here's some great chats. Even if you go on Twitter and say, I'm looking to join a chat, any recommendations, you'll get hits, probably a hundred hits of people saying, Hey, do this one and this one and this one. Um, crazy PLN has a great chat too. Um, I just love it just because the topics and what they talk about are pretty great. Mm -hmm. I've moderated kind of, uh, quite a few. I have three that I actually have on a post-it because I'm so old, I cannot remember what I signed up for. It's so horrible. Uh, we can, we can relate. We can, yeah, I got to write things down. <laughs> oh, wait, what are your chats that are like, you won't miss them each week? Um, I would say Champ for Kids. Uh, Crazy PLN is a great one. Formative Chat is a great one. So I noticed oh. that, I think I saw someplace that you are presenting at a conference coming up. Yes. Yep. So, so tell us about that. It's the Innovation in STEM and Digital Classroom virtual event conference. It's in Australia. They, um, I, everything's on Twitter, I swear. <laughs> they saw a few tweets about the STEM I was doing and asked if I wanted to present. So I said, sure. So um, it's just, I'm presenting um, ideas, STEM ideas that anyone can use, whether hybrid or or face-to-face -face or fully virtual. So. 
system. Can you give us a few examples of um, some of the things you're going to talk about at that conference? Well, I'm just presenting on all the ideas that we've done so far this year. Um, some of the favorites that my kids have done was the uh, they created a pencil holder for their, well, it was a nameplate um, for their office because obviously they're not in school. So they have a little office that they do their schoolwork in. So one of the stems was creating a um, pencil holder. It had to be so many inches long or high. It had to hold their pencil and it had to have their name on it. So they could be as creative as they wanted and use whatever supplies, but there's a little stipulation. The technology comes in because they showcase it on Flipgrid. So they share what they've done and, and their successes and failures. And sometimes there's a lot of failures, but a lot, a lot of the stems is great because of the parents and the family interaction. I'll hear a parent in the background saying how much they love the stem. That's for that week. So you do a stem a week? Yep. Okay. okay. Yep. A stem a week. Okay. Very cool. That does look, sound super cool. And I, I think that's a piece sometimes that goes to the wayside, the creativity. So I love that you like kind of prioritize that. I was kind of, you know, looking at, at all of your work and you use a lot of different technology tools. What are your go-tos? Oh, that's so hard. Um, <laughs> I would say Flipgrid is number one. Okay. It's, it's amazing. The tool that... Yeah. It's so simplistic mm-hmm. yet versatile. Um, it's a funny story because my daughter, who's in middle school, she's um, she has Down syndrome, and her speech teacher was talking to me about these boom cards and how she needed to write this big long thing. I'm like, she can't, she can't do this. I mean, I'm just being honest; she cannot do this. So I introduced her to Flipgrid. She loved it, and that's all they use. Oh, it's so simple, but it meets the needs of every single kid. And the fact that it, every kid uses it, cause she's getting to the age where middle school and high school, they're going to use different apps. And I don't want her to be looked at as different or a baby mm-hmm. and Flipgrid is just so amazing. So I wish other people in the app business think about that more of those kids who might be different learners. So Flipgrid is a main one. And I love like pick collage. Keynote is another good one. I love Keynote. But the one that I'm hooked with that I just found is Whiteboard Chat. It's kind of new, but it's pretty awesome. Okay. Now, how do you use, so I work in a middle school and we use Flipgrid. Are there, how do you use it exactly? I know it's just for people that don't know little mini video clips. Yeah. So we use it from anything from birthdays. So I just, one of my kids in our family had a birthday. So I created a Flipgrid for each of my kids and um, every kid gets on the Flipgrid sings happy birthday or says happy birthday. I like to use Snapchat and get those crazy filters and use it and upload that. Um, We are right now in the process of meeting friends from Japan whose time zone is really wonky. Mm -hmm. So we use Flipgrid for that. Um, We are doing a book talk um, and we've started engineers and there's classes that jump in on that. If kids go on vacation, now this was pre COVID. Um, I would never give them busy work or anything. I just gave them a topic on Flipgrid and they actually made it a game and would give clues as to where they were. And we had to guess. So that was so fun. Um, but we do it for academics, 
like we do a weather unit where um, I ask all my Twitter friends to um, give me the temperature all around the world and they do that on Flipgrid and then we use the numbers app and we graph all that. And then they use Keynote to present. And a couple years ago, one of my kids had like jokes, like weather jokes in there about a hot dog, it being so hot and a hot dog. <laughs> it was funny. So, but I love technology, so. Well, it sounds like you do kind of a lot of app smashing as you're talking about using Flipgrid and using Keynote to present. Um, I'm not really familiar with whiteboard chat. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, basically, it's your basic whiteboard that has completely everything that you need on it. <laughs> it has stickers, it has emojis, it has a piano, it has a xylophone. It has different types of paper for anything from uh, kindergarten needing handwriting paper to music paper. Um, it has where you can upload a picture, you can upload a video. Um, it's your basic whiteboard with you can draw, you can write. Um, it also has other features on the other side where you can add certain things to it. You can um, hit a button and see everybody's board. You can showcase a board. So I can freeze everybody's boards, put one board up and all my kids will see that one board. And I can share about what a great job this child is doing. Um, you can join a board to help a child. So it's, it's pretty great. It has everything. It has a spinner, it has dice, it has a moving clock. I just um, asked them about cards because you know, ClassKick is great and these other apps are great, but you have to go to the internet, find something, save it, upload it to the other app. And this just has everything in it. And they added like flashcards and matching cards where they flip and they match. So it's pretty, it's pretty a cool, very that cool. Very cool. So it's kind site. of, is it almost like Jamboard and that everyone gets their own slide? Kind of. Yeah. Okay. You know, I was thinking you do such an amazing job connecting just not even to educators within our country, but across the world. Um, what do you envision the future of education being? That's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> what do I no envision pressure. it to be or what would I envision it to be? <laughs> well, envision? I guess what would you ideally love to see? Okay, I would like to tear it all down. I would like to tear down the whole grading system. Mm -hmm. I would like to get rid of all the testing because it only produces more anxiety for our kids. Mm -hmm. And it's a one day occurrence that we have no idea what's going on with them when it happens. Mm -hmm. I would like to see a focus be instead of our content and curriculum, be our kids. Mm -hmm. Not about the test, not about algebra, but our kids. I think we've seen a growing number of kids um, commit suicide yeah. because of that fact, not about the test, but about them not feeling wanted, not feeling loved at all. And I think it starts in preschool mm -hmm. and moves its way up. Mm -hmm. um, I would like to see a rubric as a scoring system. Mm -hmm. I have a daughter who has Down syndrome and there's been so many times where I've heard people look at her at her diagnosis instead of her personal 
what she can do. Um, so I would like to lose all of those labels, autism, Down syndrome, ADHD, ADD, and just look at the kid um, and get to know them and love them for who they are. So um, I love education. I love the people there, but I think it's not necessarily the educators, it's the people who are not even connected with our kids. I think they need to come down off their pedestal take a walk in our schools and walk in our shoes for a couple of days and be a lot more empathetic and graceful mm-hmm. and uh, get to know our kids because they're pretty much our future right now. They're going to lead the way. So, yeah. 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 I couldn't agree more about labels. You know, it's just so damaging and people are just people, you know? Okay. So, and so it's, and you also spend time on your Twitter chats and connecting with people. How do you have self-care habits or things you do for yourself (laughs) to keep going? Let's just say that that's a work in progress. (laughs) Um, My self-care is um, reading a story, having a story read to me by my um, youngest, um, probably at bedtime. Um, it's probably at the dinner table, eating and talking with my family, um, walking my dog or having my dog walk me. Um, I do have to say my self-care too, is also Twitter chats and talking with other educators. Cause I love that so much. And I do love the work aspect, not the grading or things like that, but the creating. And, um, I love doing that too. Um, but I do shut off the iPad at a, or the laptop at a certain time and, and just enjoy my family. And when it's summer or spring, spring, fall and summer, I love to play softball. So that's a big um, self-care that I still love to do. Okay. And if people want to connect with you, what is the best way for them to do that? Is that Twitter? Yeah, <laughs> I am a huge Twitter lover. So it's at Hayes underscore Melissa, M-E-L-I-S-A. Okay. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. thank you so much. You sound like you just really enjoy your job. You just sound like just such a heartful educator. I, I love my job. I love it every single year. My husband always says, if we win the lottery, we'll travel. And I said, well, I'll stay teaching. You can send me a postcard. <laughs> I'll take off every so often. And people laugh at me, but I just, I, I could not think of anything else I would rather do. He could be a mystery guest on yeah, here. He could be. <laughs> uh, well, Melissa, this was wonderful. We love connecting with you. You have so many great ideas and we want to wish you best of luck in your upcoming um, presentation in Australia. Virtually, because you can't go to Australia. Australia. <laughs> Thank you for having me. This was so fun. Yeah, it was